This month on the podcast, we're going to find out what's what's eating at Charles, what's bugging at Charles. There's a lot going on in the retirement community and the retirement world, and so we're going to dive into some of the things that's happening in the community and also that's driving Charles a little bit nuts that uh, we should be addressing and looking at for our retirement journey. That's on the docket for the podcast this month here on Financial Choices Matter. As you prepare for retirement, you'll be faced with many important choices. We want you to make the right ones. Welcome to Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. Charles is an accredited investment fiduciary. He's well-equipped to help you make sound financial decisions. We want you to experience a meaningful retirement. On our podcast, we believe financial choices matter. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with Charles and I as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. Charles is a fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management. And of course, he's uh, helping folks get to and through retirement. And he's been doing this a long time. And there's many things that uh, drive him nuts, that bug him a little bit about the industry. But there's also just not necessarily the insider stuff, but just the state of things. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, if you will, I suppose, on this podcast. Maybe the State of the Union address from Charles as it relates to what he does for a living. Is that a fair way to, to, to uh, draw that up? I think that's, up? yeah, that's, that's just, and hopefully I'm as spot on as you are. So this, you know, I'm, I'm going to apologize up front. There's three or four things here that I've got on my desk. Okay. That it's like, okay, I've been saving this and it's just driving me nuts. So I well, got to talk about it. We'll talk about and it. Let's, let's and, roll. And, and, and no, and Sherry gets tired of hearing it. So, oh, there um, you go. The real reason we have a podcast folks is so that he can vent, right? Yeah. But that, well, she would, she's delighted about that. Trust me. I imagine. So hit me with topic number one, what's going on? What's on your desk? Topic number one. Well, let's talk about, this was just something that I saw the other day. And that is, everybody's got designations after their name in this industry, right? Right. I'm an an AIF. I'm a CDP. uh, I'm not an F. A CFP. I'm not a, you know, it's like, what am I? There's the alphabet soup, right? It's the total alphabet soup. And this, (laughs) this, and if you're, if you out there that are listening are confused by what matters, that's welcome to the club. This is <laughs> no in turn this is there's so many of these designations. FINRA, which is the entity that regulates the securities world. Mm-hmm. This was an article that just came out a couple of days ago. There are 242 different designations recognized by them. In the financial services world. In the financial services world. 242. Wow. So if you don't know what the heck they all mean, nobody does. Could you imagine um, somebody's business card that has like a whole, like maybe oh. 20 of these or something? That'd be hilarious, right? I, no, I know two guys that have that. Wow. I mean, I really do. They have, I don't think there's 20. There's at least a dozen. Well, and I think the thing that confuses people here, Charles, is like, which one is the premier, right? I think CFP has done a good job of kind of pushing themselves up there to Self, kind of- Self-promoting. Yeah. Yes, they have. And I never wanted to be one because I had a giant philosophical difference of opinion about how, what it meant mm. and how it should be done. But but ultimately, what is the but, what is the real- you know, like, is there a real difference? And I guess some would say there is, especially with that many. Some could be obtained, I don't know, through oh. purchase only. Some are over the course of a yeah. weekend. Uh, maybe some are, oh, you yeah. know, take much more requirements. So how do we decipher, right? What is the right fit? I don't know that there is one. I mean, I don't I don't think you can really tell. Have <laughs> they taken the time to get to take the time to learn some stuff to be able to get the designations? And they probably have continuing education sure, that they have to sure. go through. I do. Um, 
So that's not a bad thing. With 200 but, plus though, yeah, it's pretty tough to figure oh, out. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you just honestly don't necessarily have any idea. But if they've got something, that means they've taken extra time to study. If they so don't we have just, anything. Are we asking a, more what their license like? So if someone's coming in to sit down with a qualified professional and they're saying, okay, hey, what is what is your what are you licensed to do? Is that a better question? Like, are you licensed in insurance only or are you licensed in, you know, securities as well? Like, how, how do we that's, frame that? That's that's not a bad way to approach it. And I will tell you this, that there are times when it makes us nuts. It always has me where, where, and I'm not going to pick on insurance guys. That's not necessarily fair, but they will do stuff that skirts the issue of they don't have a securities license, but they're going to make this work anyway, kind of thing. And they don't disclose. It's lack of disclosure. The two designations I have, the CDP is a certified dementia practitioner. I don't, I learned that from the, the, the National Association of dementia practitioners. I went through a you know training to see on a care side of things for people that are in the long-term care world or dementia setting in and all these things are happening. What do they have to do? And I thought, oh my God, there's no way in the world I could ever be ever do that to be a caregiver. I'm not built that way. I came out of that sessions, you know, that that training just exhausted, exhaust mentally, emotionally exhausted, saying, they're goddesses and gods to be able to do that. I mean, seriously, seriously. The AIF, the Accredited Investment Fiduciary, I will. I was the 194th person in the country to earn that designation. Um, and I was the third in the state of Arizona to, to earn it. That to me just says, I have to do what's in the client's best interest. End of conversation. Right. Period. Which is so funny that we even have to have something like that in place. You'd think that would just be a given, right? But I know. Yeah. But it's not. In the, in the, in, the, in this world, in the securities and insurance world, it's not. So just you got to you got to know being a little more educated, you the consumer, there's nothing ever bad about that. Okay. Um so that's one of the things that have been bugging me. The other one is the alphabet soup. Okay, what's number 2? Number 2 is what do advisors and you know that's that's a vague term that could be anything. What do yeah. advisors talk about what do they write about what what do they read article wise if you're if you're putting on a you, you get a mailer and it's a dinner seminar and they're talking about stuff what are they talking about and i'm going to tell you what they're talking about and then i'm going to tell you what they're not talking about or the things that concern them okay this is just a list of i'm only going to read the top five or six investment management retirement income planning financial plan development brokerage Estate planning, cash flow investment, income tax planning, education, college planning. I'm, that's more than six, so I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Employee <laughs> benefits, business planning, charitable giving, trust services. Those are the list of the 15 things they talk about. What's not on the list? Long-term care. Yeah. I was just thinking it's, that, yeah. It's, it's not there. Here, I mean, so, but those are the things they talk about. Every time I get, I we're in the in the perfect zip code, demographically accurate. We get at least two, sometimes three invitations to a dinner workshop every month. Those are back. In, those, those are back. They went away in COVID, but they're back. And they're all the things that ever get talked about are the same things that are on the list I just read. That's all they talk about. They don't talk about other stuff. There's another article that I have that is economic anxiety paralyzing your clients. And I would say that's list. probably true. Uh, well, in some instances, yes, but here's the list of 
Inflation's out of control. I think interest rates are going up. The stock market is too high. I missed the move. The stock market is due for a massive correction. I think Social Security will go broke. The government spends more than it takes in. I'm worried the outcome of the next national election. You know, blah, 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 everybody, you know. Again, nobody's talking about long-term care. What happens? A, a couple over the age of 65, 65 mm -hmm. or older, if you're a couple, the probability this is the statistical reality is nine out of 10 times. One of you is going to have a long-term care event. Yeah. It's just going to happen. It's a huge, I mean, it's a huge number, right? It's a, oh yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, you know, not over 90s, not everybody, but it's pretty darn close. Mm -hmm. And there's just, then what do you do? How much does it cost? Uh, are you prepared? I mean, well, I'm beating the long-term care drum right now, but it's critically important because this impacts more people in so many other ways than just the person needing the care. It impacts the family. It impacts the caregivers. It's financially devastating if you have if 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 you're you know maybe your daughter who's still working and in the peak earning years of her career is now got to take care of mom mm -hmm. or dad for that matter. Right. Then she's out of the workforce, and it's a, the economic impact is huge. Yeah, and that's um, that's impacting. It's cyclical because that is now going to impact her future. And her future That's, retirement as well, right? Yeah. And so yeah. The, she's now maybe passing that same problem on to your grandkids because as when, when your daughter ages after taking care of you, they're taking care of her and you just can't get out of that cycle. That Yeah, that's exactly right. And so it's it's just interesting how all of this gets ignored in the in the media, in the press. And that's what's bugging me, but that's also the soapbox well, we've elected to be out. You know, yeah. are we, we have clients... In their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So we're happy to do planning for everybody. But this long, you know, the the probability of needing to have an understanding of the long-term care issues is is just gigantic. And that's the it's bugging me that nobody else is talking and, about. And I know that I mean, that's been the big one that you guys have really been working on uh, more and more is dealing with this particular issue because it is a growing, it's a massively growing issue. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, we're getting distracted by going, oh, gee, they, you know, lowered the dress code at the Senate to, you know, to <laughs> let somebody oh. let somebody look yeah. like a mechanic at the Senate. But yet, yeah, that's the shiny object that the news focuses on. And we just sit there and argue and, and grumble over that versus saying, how the hell are we going to take care of her? when we're old. That's right, because the government can't do it. You're right. You know? I know they can't. I mean, they don't have they don't have the money. Who do they get the money from? They get it from us. Yeah. So they don't have the money and that. they don't want to. But they don't seem uh, that's that that's we don't have time for the what's bugging Charles in that context. That's <laughs> right. That's way too big. Way, way, way too big. So here's a question that I have and it's for people to think about. It's are you again this comes back to long term care. Are you average? Hmm, I mean, if, okay. you know, if you ask, I've seen this done. You have, you're in a room with a hundred people and somebody's speaking and they'll say, if raise your hand, if you think you're above average and everybody raises their hand, well, it's statistically impossible. If you're average, only half a minute, half the hands can go up. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, if you're point, above yeah. average, only half can go up because the rest are going to be below average. Right. But, you know, and so the long-term care thing, the average time someone is on care is 3.7 years for women okay. and like 2.7 years for men. Okay, men men don't live as long as women on care. Yeah, but that's not yeah. that's the average. So if you're only planning for average, then you've got to plan for that length of time. What happens if you're not average? What happens if you're way above average? So here's the statistics. They ask long-term care companies for these numbers. What's the longest period of time you've ever paid out a claim? Have you ever heard this one, Mark? No. 
Okay, for a man, the longest time paying out a claim was 19 years and three months. Wow. A total of $2.2 million. Yikes. And because they're playing they're playing the numbers game, right? So don't forget that, folks. The insurance company's playing the numbers game that most of us are gonna be the average, right? Yeah. But then but or then less, when, or less than or less average. than, right. Uh, or yeah. never or never used at all. And yeah. then you have these outliers like this. Yeah, and that's they're betting on the law of, of large numbers, which you know, they're actuarially correct in, in the context. For a woman, it was a little less time, uh, 15 years and four months, but it was $2.6 million. That's a catastrophic impact on somebody's, you know, you work 40 years, you saved, you, you know, you've been diligent, you've been conscientious, and you wipe out everything you ever had if you're one of these, if you're not average. Yeah, for sure. Um, And it's just, it's just a challenge. It's sad, but it's the reality of what happens. And again, the financial advice. The insurance guys in the world are talking about this and I have nothing against them because I'm insurance licensed, but their perspective is different. And that's not, again, that's not a bad thing, but the, if the financial planning world, the investment world doesn't want to talk about this because I read you the list of stuff that they're concerned about. Long-term care is not on it. Yeah, It's just not. So if you're not, you know, you might talk to somebody and they say, well, you know, they don't know. I mean, you have to wonder what, why is it not being addressed more than what it is? Because there's no really viable good solutions. Is it because there's no real money in it? Like often, like a lot of things in our world, unfortunately, if it's not, if there's not a, a good profit margin or or a way to really you know utilize it, it sometimes gets pushed to the wayside. You just have, it makes you wonder why doesn't it get addressed as much as it is, especially with such an aging population and with yeah. the push that we have societally. Uh, to to live longer, to take you know to take better care of ourselves, or to eat yeah. better, or whatever the case might be. When I when I read the stuff about longevity and people are going to be living to 130, I'm thinking there's no way in the world that they can afford it. So there's then, no yeah, way in the world. If this you're going to go to 130, how in the heck are you planning on them taking care of themselves if we don't start to well, build? We we got to make some sort of uh, something right in order to kind of ac- accommodate that. Is yeah, it all no, supposed it, to be it, government it, control? It's, it's just nonsense. It's, it's, I'm not saying that the science can't do it. The other right. thing that will happen, and, and I am absolutely convinced of this, is your mental capacity won't be able to keep up with your body. No, it's already yeah, the case. Yeah. That's why the whole big umbrella of dementia, which has got like 100 different illnesses underneath that, the yeah. most well-known is probably Alzheimer's. Sure, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's just, it's overwhelmingly... The majority of people, and, so and we're figuring out more and more uh, of the body uh, all the time. You know, I mean, I had open heart surgery. I was in the hospital for three days, and that was a decade ago. You know, my my dad had open heart surgery in the eighties. He was in the hospital for three weeks. Right, so the you know the medical stuff on the body continues uh, oh, no. to get better. Oh yeah, the body, the body, but yeah, can work. Really we have well. not completely. We have not even but, close to figured out. How to Mind. keep the brain, you know, sharp and functioning. We have we have some things that help, sure. You know, yeah. doing some different little things and and staying in, and keeping active often and just you oh, know, yeah. mental acuity and stuff can certainly help. But yeah, talk about the numbers there. If you start having a population that's regularly seeing over a hundred, you're going to have a lot of uh, dementia issues, I suppose. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So okay. so. If, if I hope I didn't bomb everybody out by all of this, but the reality is, if you're if you've given any thought to it and you haven't done anything about it, 
the probability is the person that you're talking to right now, um, if it's not us, is probably not talking about it. About long-term care, yeah. That's their choice. It's they run their business the way they want to run their business. It's just this is this is important to us. Um, it's it's been in our family, so we we know what the impact is, and we want to you know it's it's a lot of our focus right now is making just creating awareness of this whole issue of aging and the the long term care component that yeah. goes along with it. Well, so. view it view it this way, folks. I think that it's kind of. You know, if you want to look at the political spectrum, if you want to look at the, you know, whatever spectrum of something that typically gets your interest, um, there's usually a a part of that that's not being talked about, right? Or there's not being addressed the way you want it to be, right? So you could go, I won't dive into uh, personal perspectives, but look at the issue of immigration currently. And some people will be like, they're not doing enough or they're not addressing this area or they're not doing that. Same kind of thing with this, with this long-term care conversation is really what you're looking at, right? It's easy yeah. to put your mind over here and go, oh, well, let's focus on talking about Social Security and how they're not fixing that. Or let's focus on the fact that the market is up, down, up, down. You know what I mean? That's the shiny object that tends to get our 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 eyeballs uh, versus the long-term care. Well, that's what the news people want to talk about. Sure. Right. They don't, you know, you, you get, so it's, it's what's shiny and bright today. Yeah. And yeah. that's the reality of where we are and what we do and how everything works here. So, so you got to you, you got to talk about it. It still bugs me. That's yeah. the whole concept of today. What's bugging Charles? So There you go. Um, what's bugging you is that there's not enough attention being paid to long-term care. So certainly do yourself a favor, have a conversation. Obviously it's very important to he and Sherry and it's something they're doing more and more of. So if you need some help, got some questions about long-term care uh the just the chat in general, just getting it started and then Options yep. that may be out there, reach out to them at PelotonCapital.com for a consultation. PelotonCapital.com. And while you're there, drop an email into the to the team and to the program as well. And the team is Charles and Sherry, but still <laughs> drop an email into them. And uh, we got one this week that's Valerie oh. in Scottsdale. Good. She said, my husband passed away 15 years ago, Charles, and I dated but never considered marriage until now. Uh, the boyfriend's house actually works better than mine, so I'm probably going to move in with him, but it makes me a little nervous to sell my house and start combining our finances because I've been so independent for so long. Uh, any advice for people in a situation like this for myself? I will say, I don't know about, you know, Charles, I'll get your opinion here in a second, but my, my, it's my wife's second marriage, but my first, but when we got together, we were already fully functioning adults with our own independent lives. And we've been this couple for the last 20 years now. We've been married 20 years and we have virtually everything separate financially, um, except yeah. for a couple of big ticket items. And it works fine for us. I would say yeah. first and foremost, it's just what works for you guys, first of all, Ooh, right? That's exactly right. Sherry and I are the opposite of that. Uh, the you know we met immediately and combined everything, so it was and it worked for us. Sure. The whole idea is you don't have to combine anything. No. Why not stay separate? Talk about it. Well, how do you both feel about it? I yeah. think that's the most important thing. If you both say, "Well, I'm kind of happy doing it this way," like you are, Mark. Right. Um. If uh, then there's things that you will co-pay. And there are right, things exactly. that you can keep separate. Um, I mean, I've seen people where in situations it, it, like this, Charles, they say, okay, tell you what, let's uh, let's do a joint account that we f- we both drop money into monthly from our individual personal accounts, and we use that for the household items, right? The utilities, exactly. the blah, blah, Exa- blah. Yeah. yeah. You know. They had a couple in a couple of weeks ago, in fact, and they were on a, on a topic different from this, but this was the heart of the issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he wanted to mix it all together. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to, and 
Caused some <laughs> tension? He had to go to the bathroom, so she told us why. And I thought, okay, she's right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, but they just, they hadn't figured out how to do it, and I don't think they'll ever figure out how to do it. Well, and that's that's their issue, not And, and not in mine. this case, you probably... But there's not an only one way works. Right, there's, yeah. Whatever works for you guys works. And I'm guessing but, if they're older in life, they probably each have children from the prior marriages. So, oh yeah. you know, it, it could be something as simple as maybe Valerie wants to, maybe she decides to sell the house and put that money into something that, you know... Look at maybe putting that in something that's going to go to your kids when you pass on or whatever the case is, right? Especially if you're set from a retirement yeah. standpoint. Uh, and same thing with the house that you'll be living in with him. Uh, it doesn't go to you when he passes. It goes to his kids or something like that, right? There's a number of ways you guys can do it. But the yeah. first and foremost, it's got to be communication. Well, exactly. Just talk about it. You'll figure it out. Uh, you're asking the question already, so it's on your mind. And yeah. the probability is it's on his just talk about it. Well, and, you know, and if you think about from a retirement standpoint, Valerie, now you may both may have some different retirement accounts you've been building on for years as well if you're a little bit later in life getting remarried. So go in and see an advisor and sit down and see how that works too. Because Charles, there's nothing wrong necessarily with, with continuing on the individual plans or there could be a way of looking at merging those retirement plans as well and just saying, okay, we're going to keep the account separate, but here's going to be the overall retirement strategy for the two of you, right? Exactly. That's easy to do. It's easy to do. It's just conversation. It's having. Yeah. It's it's you know talking about things that are important and then coming having, taking advice from somebody that probably knows a little bit more than you do and saying yes, so we're going to do that or talking about it some more and deciding no, we're not yeah. going to, but we have a good reason why. Well, definitely it's go sit. Yeah, it's fine. Definitely go sit down with an advisor, financial advisor, and especially and a great. This is a great added value to financial professionals when it comes to remarriages with multiple assets. It's a little easier when you're first, you know, when you're first getting together, like when you and Sherry did, Charles, and you both, you know, have two nickels, you know, or don't have two nickels to rub together, right? Uh, and hey. then like. <laughs> and but then later in life when you have more assets, right? You want to make sure that you're doing the right things for each other so that there's no tension. Uh what's the number one cause of fighting in marriages? I think no matter what the age is, it's usually money, right? So get it out of the way ahead of time and then you'll have to worry about it. Yep. Yep. Good right. question, Valerie. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here on the podcast. Uh, if you've got some questions, again, really around long-term care, it's been the big focus for Charles and Sherry uh, over the last uh, really you know, year plus, I think. So yeah, reach out. To, right. Yeah. Get, get involved and start talking about what you need to do for your long-term care issues because it's two out of every three, seven out of every 10 is going to need something. I mean, there's two people on this podcast, so there's a good chance that one of us is going to have a long-term care event, right? So have the conversation, get started, reach out to Sherry and Charles at PelotonCapital.com. That's PelotonCapital.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott. We'll see you next time. Financial planning and investment advisory services are provided by Peloton Capital Management Limited, a state-registered investment advisor. Past performance is not indicative of future results. No one should assume the information presented here serves as a receipt of or substitute for personalized individual advice provided by Peloton Capital Management. For more information, visit www.pelotoncapital.com.